want to talk to you today about running on empty, running on empty. You know, when I was 16 years old, I bought my own car, paid for my own insurance, bought my own gas. After I bought my car, my father said to me one day, he said, son, he said, fill this car up with gas. And then he says, when, when, when the, when the uh, fuel uh, gauge, when it gets down to half a tank, he said, refill the tank. He said, son, what you need to understand is, he said, it costs the same to operate on the top half of the tank as it does to operate on the bottom half. And he said, you'll never have to worry about running out. How many know that's some pretty good advice from from my father? You say, pastor, did you listen? Well, what 16-year-old boy listens to his father? Absolutely did not listen to my father. I ran my car on empty most of the time only putting enough gas in the tank to take me a few miles. The truth of the matter is that I I wasn't willing to pay the price that it would cost me to fill up my tank. Let me ask you a question this morning. When it comes to your emotional tank, when it comes to your spiritual tank, have you checked your gauges recently? Are you operating on the top half or the bottom half of the tank. I'm afraid that for far too many people, they are running on empty. Well, I want to talk about three things today that relate to our subject. The first thing I want to talk about for a little bit this morning, I want to talk about the causes. The causes. Now, there are many causes. There are many, many reasons why we could be operating on the bottom half of the tank, or possibly we could even be running on empty. I want to suggest three. But before I do that this morning, I want to give a biblical illustration of someone who found themselves running on empty, running with an empty tank, and the sad part about it, he wasn't even aware of it. I'm talking about a man named Samson. Now, we all know that Samson was the world's first superhero before before batman before superman before any of the superheroes there was a man in the bible whose name was samson now if you'll read about samson you'll discover that he was a man called of god he was a man that was dedicated for the service of the Lord. The Bible says that Samson had taken the Nazarite vow and this Nazarite vow separated him for the work of the Lord. And if you'll read the story, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit would come upon Samson and give him superhuman strength. Now, he was supposed to use this gift to help God's people, but instead he used it for selfish and fleshly purposes. He did not appreciate nor did he appropriate the gift that he had nor the vow that he made. He didn't do these things correctly. He was reckless, he was ruthless, and and eventually he found himself running on empty. And the saddest part, as I've already said, he didn't even recognize the fact. I want to read about what it says about him in Judges chapter 16. Judges, the book of Judges chapter 16. I I want to read verses 20 and 21. And she said, she is Delilah. She said to Samson, she said, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. So he awoke from his sleep and he said, he said, I will go out as before at other times and and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had departed 
from him. Then the Philistines took him, put out his eyes, and brought him down to Gaza. They bound him with bronze fetters, and he became a grinder in the prison. How sad is that? Let me suggest three possible causes for why Samson might have been running on empty. I I don't know this morning, but perhaps you are in the same condition he was in. The first one is people. (laughs) Don't you love people? (laughs) People, people can definitely drain you. See, see, people either, they either build you up or they tear you down. They will either fill your tank or they will drain it. Read the story of Samson in Judges chapters 14 through 16 and you will see that Samson consistently hung out with the wrong people. These people were far removed from the principles and the purity of the vows in which he had taken. They fed his flesh but drained his devotion. Another cause is preoccupation. See, see, Samson allowed his vision to become blurred. He became so preoccupied with the things that made his flesh feel good that he lost his appetite for spiritual things. I also want you to consider this this morning. It's not always bad things that drains us spiritually. Sometimes we think, you know, it's because of sin or something bad that we have done that, that, that seems to empty and drain our tank. But it's not, always, it's not always bad things that drain us spiritually. Sometimes even good things overdone can do it. Like too many Sunday trips to the lake. Like, like, like too many Sunday sporting events. I've been gone a while, right? (laughs) I'm back. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's not always a bad thing. Sometimes it's good things, but it's good things that we allow to become out of control in our life. Like too many Sunday trips to the lake, too many Sunday sporting events, too many times when we say, I just need to rest. Think I'll just sleep in. Think I'll just stay home from church today. But if we're not very, very careful, we can become so preoccupied with these things that they soon become priority. They feed our flesh and make us feel good for the moment, but but what about our spirit? See, it's not just bad things that drain us spiritually, but also good things overdone, or sometimes it's simply too many things. Let me give you a third cause, and that's pressure. I know pressure can drain your tank. No doubt Samson was under a lot of pressure to fulfill his God-given call. If you read the story, you'll see there were a lot of people pulling on him. There were a lot of people that were pressuring him. His parents pressured him. Different people pressured him. And, And then there was the pressure of his calling. He had a lot to live up to. He had expectations placed upon him because because of his position, because of his calling. So many expected so much for him, from him that it put undue pressure upon him. See, some people have unrealistic expectations of spiritual leaders. The pressure of, of being a spiritual leader can become absolutely unbearable. 
if you allow it. I love what my son says about ministry and especially about being a lead pastor. He says, he says it's not about the work, it's about the weight. And this is reflected in the statistic that says that only one out of every ten who began in full-time ministry will finish in full-time ministry. That nine out of ten people that start out to be full-time ministers will not make it to the end. You might remember this the next time you're tempted to place undue pressure on your spiritual leaders. Or the next time you're tempted to criticize them or place unrealistic expectations on them. I remember as a young pastor, man, I just felt the weight and I felt the pressure so intense that, you know, man, I didn't take no vacation because I didn't want to be, be criticized, you know, man. I mean, the pastor's supposed to be on call 24-7, seven days a week. And, you know, people would even call me in the middle of the night with an emergency. And I, before I would even answer the phone, I would sit up in bed, clear my throat, <laughs> and talk like I was sitting in, in, in my office, you know, because I didn't want them to think that the pastor ever slept. Well, that, uh, that pressure didn't come from nowhere. Hello? You might remember that the next time. You're tempted to place undue pressure on your spiritual leaders or tempted to criticize them or place unrealistic expectations on them. Let me ask you this morning, have you checked your spiritual or emotional gauges recently? Are you operating on the top half of the tank or on the bottom half of the tank? And God forbid that you are running on empty. All right, we've talked a little bit about the causes. Now I want to talk a little bit about the caution. The caution. Let me caution you. I want to caution you this morning with three statements. The first one is you might have less in your tank than you've considered. I said you might have less in your tank than you've considered. See, according to verse 20 of Judges chapter 16, Samson thought all was well. He, he didn't have a clue he was running on empty. He, he thought everything was fine. He thought everything was well. He said there in verse 20 of chapter 16 of Judges, he said, he said, I'll go out as before. Say, as before. Yeah, he said, I'll go out as before. He said, I will shake myself and the Spirit will come upon me just like always. No big deal, he is saying. Nothing has changed. Uh, There's still plenty of fuel in the tank. But he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. He did not know that he was operating on an empty tank. Let me caution you today. You might have less in your tank than you've considered You might even be running on empty. Second caution I have for you this morning, and that is this. You can only coast so far. I'll never forget many, many years ago riding in a car with someone else. Someone else was driving, and it was in the middle of the night. And all of a sudden, the driver of that car started started causing that car to go from one side of the road to the other side of the road to the other side to the other. They were doing this on purpose. I discovered that we were running out of gas. 
And they thought if they could slosh the gas enough in the tank (laughs) that they could use the last few drops out of the tank and get us home. We eventually started coasting, hoping to make it home. Oh, but we only coasted so far. And eventually we found ourselves out of gas, stranded on the side of the road in the middle of the night. Listen, saints, you can only coast so far. I said, you can only coast so far. You can only go on your past fuel fill-up so long. Some of you are coasting. Some of you that are watching me this morning on live stream, you're coasting. And some of you have been coasting for a long, long time. Let me tell you, this morning your past fill-up will only take you so far. And let me give you one more caution, and that is you can't expect your tank to refill itself. You can't expect your tank to refill itself. Now, some of you are old enough to remember service stations. How many remember service stations? Yeah, that's what they were called, service stations. Why were they called service stations? Because not only did you get gas there, but you got service. You would just... I'm sure their preaching is better than mine, but if you'll get back to me. Y'all got rowdy while I was gone. But back in the day, remember back in the day when you would you'd pull your car up to the pump, beside the pump, and you'd roll down your window. And as soon as you rolled down your window, you would see a service station attendant, a real person. May I help you? And you say, fill her up. Unless you were me, I'd say a dollar's worth of regular, please. Because <laughs> that'd, that'd get me four gallons of gas, and that'd get me going for a while. And I'd only have to part with one dollar. <laughs> but you'd pull up to the service station, you'd pull up to the pump, you'd roll down your window, the attendant would be there, and you would say, fill her up, please. And not only would they fill up your gas tank, but they would wash your windshield, they would check your oil, they would check the air pressure in your tires, and some places would even have a little bit of bubble gum to give to the kids in the back seat. It was not until the 1960s that self-service was becoming common practice. Then somebody was really smart to figure out that you can make somebody else do the work and charge more for it. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, it wasn't until the 1960s that self-service was becoming common practice. Hey, one of the reasons why so many saints today are running on empty is because they expect the church to be a service station. That all they have to do is pull up to the church and the church will wash their windshield and check the oil and, uh, and the church will, will check the uh, air in their tire and put oil in and, and even have candy for the kids. Uh, they're expecting the church to be the service station. They're expecting the church to do everything for them spiritually. You're not going to let me go away again, are you? 
And let me tell you this morning, the church can help fill your tank. And you need the church. And you need to be in the house of God. But listen, listen, not only do you need the church to help fill your tank, but you need to do a little self-service. The church can help fill your tank, but you will need to refill it daily. You can't expect to keep a full tank by simply coming to church once or twice a month or even coming every single Sunday. You cannot expect your tank to refill itself. Well, quickly this morning, the third thing I want to talk about today, and that is I want to talk about the cure. How do you operate your life on a full tank? How many want to do that this morning? How do, you, how do you operate your life on a full tank? How do you make sure that you are not running on empty? Well, let me quickly suggest five things. Don't you love the word quickly? <laughs> Don't you wish it miss, meant something? Oh, that'd be so great. Hey, first thing you got to do if you're going to have a full tank and live your life with a full tank, first of all, fill your tank through prayer. Yeah, oh, that's so elementary. Yeah, and it's something that most people don't do. Fill your tank through prayer. See, the truth of the matter is you cannot run on a full tank without prayer. It's absolutely impossible. Prayer, listen, prayer has the potential to fill your tank. I love Jude, that one chapter book. Jude and the 20th verse. Jude verse 20 says, build yourselves, build up yourselves and build up your faith. How are you going to do that, Jude? He finishes this, he says, by praying in the Holy Spirit. Listen, this morning, if you are running on empty, check your prayer life. Check your prayer life. Samson quit praying somewhere along the way. But Judges chapter 16, verse 28 through 30 says that Samson prayed again. And as a result of his prayer, the superhuman strength that he lost was restored to him. His empty tank became full again and God used him one more time. Fill your tank through prayer. Second suggestion this morning, fill your tank through praise. See, praise is a magnet for the Holy Spirit. Praise produces an atmosphere that the Holy Spirit loves to dwell in. See, the Holy Spirit is not a it. The Holy Spirit is a he. The Holy Spirit is a person. I don't know about you, but there's some atmospheres that I appreciate more than others. There's some atmospheres that I try to avoid, and there's some atmospheres I try to make sure I get myself in as often as possible. Praise creates an atmosphere. Oh, the Holy Spirit loves to dwell in. Praise will fill your empty tank. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 42 and verse 11, Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will place my hope in God. I will praise him once again. And the psalmist wrote in Psalm 71, Verse 10 through 14, he writes, my enemies are saying that God has abandoned me, that there's no hope for me. But I 
will keep on hoping for his help. I will praise him more and more. Praise will fill our tank. It will, it will fill us with faith. It will fill us with hope. Listen, this morning, if you are running on empty, fill your tank through prayer. Fill your th- tank through praise. And number three this morning, fill your tank through purpose. Fill your tank through purpose. See, nothing drains our tank like a lack of purpose. Ephesians 5 and 17 says that we are to understand what the will of the Lord is for us. See, God has a divine purpose for every single life. And fulfillment in life comes through fulfilling our divine purpose. You say, Pastor, do you know what your divine purpose is? Absolutely, I sure do. My divine purpose is simply to be a godly example to my family and to my flock. That's my purpose. Listen to me this morning. You're probably already walking in your divine purpose, whether you realize it or not. Oh, you get all up about what is my purpose? Why do they always talk about purpose? I don't know what my purpose is. What is my purpose? I don't know what my purpose is. He knows what his is. She knows. I don't know what. And we get all up in the air about what our purpose is. Listen, listen. You are probably already walking in your divine purpose, whether you realize it or not, because God has a way of getting us where he wants us. Now, if you're in sin, I'm not talking to you this morning, all right? So, so just do what you're already doing and do it well and do it until he leads you into something else. I will say this this morning. Some of you need to get back to working in your gifting. See, God has gifted you to work for him, and you have. You have worked for him in the past, but you quit during the pandemic. But now it is time for you to get back to work. Romans chapter 12, verses 6 through 8, gives us some of the gifts that God has given to his people. Romans chapter 12, and verse number 6, Paul writes, he says, Having, having been gifts differing, say differing. What does that mean? That means my gift is different than yours and your gift is different than mine. Differing, it means we all have different gifts. So then having uh, then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, say to us, not just the preacher, to us, that includes everybody. So having then gifts differing to Uh, according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. Say, use them. Let us use them. Hey, if you're a prophet, then prophesy in proportion to your faith. Or ministry, then use it in your ministering. Or if you're a teacher, then teach. If you're an exhorter, then exhort. If you have the gift of giving, then give and give liberally. And if you have the gift of leadership, then lead. Oh, with diligence. And and if you have mercy, thank God for the mercy gift. If you have that gift, then be merciful and do it with, with cheerfulness. Well... Number four this morning, uh, if you're going to uh, live with with a full tank, is you need to fill your tank by pushing the pause button. Fill your tank by pushing the pause button. Now, just coming out of this pandemic shutdown, it's probably only a few who need to do this right now. Uh, Because most people have been on pause for a long time. (laughs) Pause is their new normal. But for some, say some, but for some, you are like Elijah who, after a couple of major events, found his emotional tank empty. 
And if you'll read the story, you'll see that God refueled this man named Elijah by, by pausing him and causing him to hit the pause button. We see this in 1 Kings chapter number 19. Hey, hey, even Jesus would refuel his tank by pushing the pause button. Mark chapter 6, verse 31, Jesus said to his disciples, he says, let us go off by ourselves and rest a while. It says, because there were so many coming and going. So Jesus would take his disciples off and have a little summer break. Thank you, Jesus, for the example. I really appreciate that. Helps me out a lot. Fifth thing that you can do this morning is you can fill your tank by purging yourself of what drains you. Purging yourself of what drains you. Identify where the leak is. Yeah, identify where the leak is. Are you hanging out with the wrong people? Are they draining your tank? I mean, do they, do, 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 every time, you know, you're doing great till you get around them. You're great until they're, you know, but they have a way of pulling you down. They have a way of, 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 of discouraging you. They have a way of, uh, of causing you to do what you normally would not do. They have a way of draining your tank. Are you hanging out with the wrong people? Uh, have you become preoccupied with wrong or too many things? Maybe it's something you shouldn't be do, but doing, but maybe it's just that nothing wrong with what you're doing. You're just doing it too often, or maybe you're just doing too many things. Maybe you're under too much pressure, too much pressure. Maybe it's a particular sin that you are allowing in your life that keeps you drained and keeps your spiritual tank empty. Identify the source of what consistently drains you and then purge yourself of it. The takeaway for the message is this. Have you checked your spiritual and emotional gauges recently? I remember several years ago now, I had, I don't know for what, I think, yeah, I think we went to out to West Texas, Lubbock, I think it was, for someone's funeral. And we had our granddaughters, my wife and I had our granddaughters with us. and We were on our way back from Lubbock, and I decided to go the scenic route. And that's kind of tongue-in-cheek if you've ever been to West Texas. But <laughs> I decided to go a non-conventional route, and, and I had not checked my gauges. And I found myself out in the middle of nowhere, and it said E, E. I don't know why, maybe I was preoccupied with the funeral, maybe it's because the grandkids were with me and we were laughing and whatever, whatever, but, and it was getting dark. And first of all, I didn't say anything to anybody at all, except me, and they're all laughing and I'm all of a sudden quiet, but I'm praying and begging God for a little town with a filling st- or with a, you know, where I get some gas. We, it barely happened for us. I, I thank God for it. But I neglected to look at the gauges. Maybe you had not looked at the gauge in a while this morning. It's been a while. You think everything's well. You think everything's good. Yeah, everything's right. Everything's good. You ain't read your Bible in forever. You had not prayed in forever. Some of you hadn't been to church in forever. But yeah, everything's okay. That's what Samson thought. Yeah, I go out as before. No big deal. Shake myself. Spirit would come on me. Man, just like before. The Bible said he did not know. I love what the King James Version says, that he wist not that the Spirit had departed from him. Didn't have a clue he was running on empty. And I'm afraid there's people even maybe in this room today, and you don't even have a clue that you're running on empty. 
you're running on empty. Today is the day to get filled back up. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to fill your tank this morning. Amen? The takeaway again is have you checked your spiritual emotional gauges recently? Are you even aware of how full or how empty your tank is? Are you even aware? Father, I just pray for today, Lord, for this message. God, it's been burning my heart now for three weeks. <laughs> three weeks ago, you gave me this message. And, and Lord, I just can't wait to preach it because I know that, Lord, there's a, there was a purpose in this message today. God, I pray, Lord, that you'll fulfill your purpose for this message in this room today, but not only in this room today, but also for those that are watching online today. And God, this message, I've not meant to be harsh or unkind or uh, anything, but I have this burning in my heart. And I know that you want to do a work in hearts and lives today. Amen.